This is the Liz Calloway Show. She's a one of a kind, and she's only found here. The new conservative alternative. WTKN Talk 94.5. Okay, our morning show knows exactly what it stands for. The Liz Calloway Show, the right local morning show, right now. All right, it's 708 on the Liz Calloway Show. Without Nick Summers, he's out sick. Glenn Die Radio, thank you so much Certainly. for jumping in. It's you and me again. Yeah, I hope to, we just don't want to get sick. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying. I'm trying. taking all the echinacea I can find. Yeah. Um, all right, so this is a very important topic we're talking about today. Uh, South Carolina's state school superintendent race and um it's a it's it's a it's a an issue that impacts education is an issue that impacts all of us whether you have children or not um and so please pay attention to this this is going to be a very important vote uh june 14th it's a republican primary i invited all the republican primary candidates on two accepted uh travis bedson is on with us right now good morning travis Hey, good morning, Liz. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, you know, I really appreciate you taking time out to call in uh, for the superintendent of education uh, race. And uh, first of all, I need to tell you that your family is absolutely beautiful. You have two little daughters, a beautiful wife, and I, I can see, you know, you have a lot writing on education, not only as a parent, but you're also a business owner. Tell us more about your background. Yeah, that's. Uh Two of the main reasons I got into this race. First and foremost, I've been the CEO of CNT Foundations, we're a foundation repair company, and um, I employ people, and I get to see the product of a failing education. And then, uh, secondly, when I my one year old, my three year old, I started looking into their prospects of education, and I wasn't really enthused with what I saw. So. What two better reasons to get into the fight, as I like to say? Absolutely. And, and the way I see it is you can you can build as many interstates as you want into here. The only way you're going to attract businesses is if you have a skilled workforce, you have a thriving education system, and with a failing education system at 47%, like a lot of people like to say, well, Horry County Schools, they're so great. But okay, but the rest of the state, let's just say, okay, right. um, you know, we're not going to attract those headquarters and those businesses because they're not the people from the other states are not going to want to relocate here to work for those companies. And those well, companies Carolina, are not going to find the workforce. Yeah, South Carolina does a fantastic job of attracting workers. and I mean, attracting employers. And I have the pleasure of sitting on several boards and several CEO roundtables, and we all commiserate on the lack of uh, employability, if you will, or the skilled tradespeople that uh, the state has to offer. And so there's a big disconnect there in between the work, the employers that are coming and employees that are available. Um, and so that's definitely something we got to fix. One of the things I'm most passionate about is our trade programs. We were told a lie decades ago that everyone needed to go to four-year school to do better in life, and that's simply not the truth. This country was founded on blue-collar values, and we're seeing a return of that. I know so many people that have six-figure opportunities, employers, but they can't find the, the people to do that. Unfortunately, most of the workforce would rather believe what they've been told, that a four-year degree is the only way to a, a successful future. And that's just not true. So I want to see robust trade programs come back to our state as well. We're speaking with Travis Bedson, B-E-D-S-O-N. You can look him up at bedsonforstudents.com. So we all know what the problem is, Travis, and, and uh, you just uh, stated it. 
what is the Bedson plan? What are your solutions to these problems? First and foremost, we need an executor in chief. Tuscan has never had the opportunity to elect a true leader. Everyone that's ever run has just been a continuation of a political agenda or their career as an educator. I don't need this job. I have a great life in the private sector. So you need someone who really um, has an outsider view and was real in the fight for real change. And I bring that as a businessman to the table. I want to reunify teachers and parents. Those are the two most important people in a child's education. And those have been divided through unions and teachers associations. And COVID did us the one favor of where parents woke up and we started paying attention to what our kids were learning. I give some parents some tough love, too, because I said, hey, you guys looked at school as daycare. You just wanted to get a peace and quiet and have a cup of coffee. But now they're participating, and we need both people, the parents and the teachers, on the same page. We need to make sure that we'll curriculum aren't in our schools, CRT, SEL, and any of those other programs that are just serving to divide our country are in there. And back to the basics, reading, writing, math, science, because two-thirds of South Carolina students can't read or do math at grade level. Two-thirds can't That's even ridiculous. operate at grade level. It's a shocking statistic. And then, lastly, we need to be, have a salesperson. Someone's out there going to work with the legislature because the state superintendent doesn't have a magic wand. We can't just go, this is what it is. I couldn't run it like a, a true CEO where I go, you're fired because you can't do your job. So I have to work with the legislature. Need someone who's used to building coalitions, setting expectations, and demanding accountability to those expectations. And I'm the only person on the ticket that has that experience in the business world. I don't want to be disparaging anybody, but everyone else running is just a continuation of the status quo. And we paid for this, by the way. This is our tax dollars. And if education were a business, it would be bankrupt because no one would buy the product. <laughs> and so yeah. I look at it that way. Like, hey, this is a product, okay. education, and my customers are the students, by the way. And I heard your intro, and I can't agree more that Education is the proverbial rising tide that could fix so many problems throughout South Carolina. You want to fix tax-based problems? Fix education. You want to fix crime? Fix education. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't have kids in the system, we all have an impact from a failing education system. And so the voters fundamentally have to decide if they're happy with what they've been buying with their tax dollars, they should continue to vote the way they've been voting. But if they want a businessman with real substantive change, I am the candidate that they should elect. I, I, you know, I'm very excited about this conversation. Um, we, we, you know, you said that education fixes a lot of problems. It certainly does. Um, and uh, it, it goes all the way down for, from, you know, the, the real estate values of your home. Right. And uh, right. It, it goes it, it goes all the way up to, you know, the fact that we're going to have a thriving, not just be a retirement community here, because, you know, there are people that are leaving you know, these other states that have a very highly um, high scoring education system. And they're saying, where are we going to live? Because we have two young kids. So they go to uh, right. some other state that has a better education system. And so what's happening is we're having a depletion of the workforce because we're not attracting young families like that. We, we're That's we're the free market at work. Yeah, exactly. And so speaking of free market, um, how do you feel about school choice? I fundamentally believe that parents are the primary decision makers for their child. We are going to make the decision that's best suited for our child, whether that's a vaccine or a mask. And if you want to wear a mask for your little Johnny or Susie, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. And school choice fits right along with that. If you feel a charter school is better for your child, homeschool, 
or any other school because you know the specific needs your child is, I will fully support your right to the school choice. And I, I go even further. I believe that our tax dollars that we paid in should follow that child. We're paying for this service. We know what's best for our children, and the government needs to allow us to make those decisions. We're speaking with Travis Bedson. You can go to bedsonforstudents.com. If you have a question for him, uh, text us right now on the Mobile Outfitters text line, 843-798-TALK, 798-8255. Glenn, do we have any questions? We do, Dr. Deep. Um, uh, this question comes from a doctor, and he wants to know, what are you going to do to improve South Carolina public school ranking from 45 out of 50 in the U.S.? Small incremental changes does not benefit the children of South Carolina. Well, it's taken us decades to get here, and I have no delusion that if I'm elected in four years, we're going to go from 45th or 47th or 40th or whatever poll you read, let's say 25th. That's just not that's not a reasonable thing to do, and I wouldn't promise a voter that. But what I do hope to accomplish is setting us on the path that incremental change can happen. And business is not complicated. We can, What we do is we set high expectations, and we hold people accountable to that. And that's fundamentally what hasn't happened. I mean, there are bills right now in the state legislature where we hold a majority as Republicans, and we couldn't get them passed. And I said, I blame Molly. She wasn't on the Hill there. Well, not really technically the Hill, but lobbying on behalf of students and parents and saying, hey, you elected me as a Republican superintendent. Here is something about school choice and and anti-CRT that we need to pass. And we couldn't get it done. And that's just, again, the, the business mindset that this office hasn't had. And so while I appreciate your your caller sentiment, and I agree with them. I'd love to go from 45th to, let's just say, 25th in four years. That's not a reasonable expectation, so I wouldn't promise that. Right. But I can promise that I would lay the groundwork that would fundamentally change the way we think about South Carolina, offering parents school choice, making sure that the curriculum is focused on actual curriculum and not woke ideas, focusing the team, being the parents and the teachers, because teachers need to feel supported too. I mean, I don't know if I would be willing to go to a four-year degree and put up with someone else's kids, you know, eight hours a day. That's <laughs> yeah. a big ask. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they they went into the service just like our military people do, our policemen, our firemen, that's, and even our priests. That's that's a call to service, and they need to be subverted. And starting a teacher at $36,000 a year doesn't work. The free market's already dictating that when you go to Chick-fil-A and get a job for $16 an hour, that's about the same thing as thirty six grand a year. It just That doesn't make sense. I couldn't employ people paying an uncompetitive wage, and this we have a $3,400 person shortage. You can't attract and retain talent. And that's just, that's business 101. If I want to stay in business, I have got to be able to attract and retain talent. And I'm a regional leader in my industry. I cover six states because people want to come to us, because of our culture, because we're all coin operated to a certain degree and we take care of our people. So it's going to be all of those things combined that start moving the needle in the right direction. Well, we have one more question for you. Um... Uh, dyslexia is recognized as a federal disability. When is South Carolina going to recognize it as a self, uh, as a disability? Uh, two out of three students have a form of dyslexia. And I have a child that was diagnosed with dyslexia in Horry County school system was doing, they were doing nothing for him. So now he's homeschooled, uh, because they were just going to let him fall behind. We have too many kids already being left behind. Uh, is there anything that you can answer on that to help Miller Time out? Yeah, so Miller Time, he or she is uh, fundamentally answered my question. That's not saying that correctly, but they knew what was best for their child, right? So right. the school system was failing them, so they took them out and homeschooled them. 
not all kids are created equal, despite what uh, some parents want to say, you can do anything in the world. You can't. And the parents know what's best for their child. And so the state needs to recognize that there are students with different abilities, and especially something that's been recognized like dyslexia, that's a real disability. Well, someone's got to go to the legislature and lobby on the behalf of that and make sure that we accommodate those needs. I was, in the opposite direction, I was told uh, recently that gifted and talented programs are now considered discriminatory. <laughs> that boggles my mind. It's crazy. You know, not all, yeah. So, again, going back to gifted and talented or disabilities or trade programs, let's say there's a young person who doesn't show affinity for school, but you know what? They like playing with a car. Well, let's say, hey, guys, here's a great trade school that you should go to and learn auto mechanics. And so that's just where... CEOs, we do that best. We go, here's the tone of what we're going to do as our company, and the company being the state's education system, and we're going to say, we need to serve the student. Because, and that's why I put beds in for students. I didn't put beds in for education or, or beds in for superintendent. It's beds in for students. And when we serve the students, all the other problems get kind of fade into the background. Too many politicians are focused on adult problems. I'm focused on kid problems because I know that's where the rubber is going to meet the road, and that's where we're going to make a real difference. I'll have to ask you, Travis, your opinion on CRT, and if it is in the schools or what you would do to make sure it never does. This, you know, the jury's still out. People say that it's individuals that are bringing it, in. It's in, there are, it's in our schools, so I can say that definitively. Now, whether it's individuals or a collection of individuals, um, Make no mistake, the left wants and knows how to change our country, and they're doing it through education. It is not accidental. It is very intentional. And CRT, or, and now they they're know that we're onto it, so they're going to change the name to SEL, and then when they're going to change the name to something else. But they want to fundamentally change the culture of our, of our country, and they're doing it through the education system. Ronald Reagan famously once said, we're only one generation away from losing our democracy, and the left is trying to do that through education. And I absolutely would stand in that void and say, not on my watch. It does no purpose at all except to divide our country. And it is a distraction from the fundamental problem is we're bleeding out. I mean, we are bleeding out in the education system, and we have to put ourselves in a triage mentality and say, hey, we're not doing the job. The kids are coming out uneducated and unprepared for the real world, whether it's you know the military service, four-year degree, or the workforce. And so I absolutely would call out any teacher or any group of teachers or any administrator that's supporting that because they're not doing their job. So one of the things I want to do is I want to have a, a live tip line and a website to where the citizens, because this is a public office and I'm here to serve the public, could call them out. I mean, we hear these horror stories where trespass notices are given to parents when they show up to school board meetings voicing their opinions. Mm-hmm. That's just those are elected people. You're there to serve the parents, right. and they're going to allow their two cents. So, absolutely, I would put them on full display on who is not doing their job. We have a lot of great teachers, actually, the vast majority of great teachers, and they're but there are bad apples in every organization: police officers, teaching, military, and I want them out because you can't be a part of my education system if you're not serving what's best for the students. BedsonForStudents.com, B-E-D-S-O-N, for students.com. I, I have to say, Travis, I'm really loving everything that you have to say. Uh, would you consider yourself an American America First candidate? Absolutely. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Donald Trump at a private roundtable last month, and I definitely told him I am the America First superintendent because 
I am an American. I it just we've lost our pride, and I am unashamedly proud of our country and what we stand for. I am not apologetic at all. I made my bones in this world from nothing. It's just doing what I love to do, and the truth is the easiest thing to defend. People say, oh, I like what you're saying. I go, yeah, because it's so easy for me because I just tell you the truth. If you <laughs> like what I say, vote for me. If you don't, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm a big boy. Travis, I had to ask you one more question before we go. There was a requirement to have a master's degree. Um, do you yeah. have that? We're obtaining that right now. We should have that done by October. This was not a surprise. The left and the Democrats like to throw these daggers and people who are actually scared of real change and what I stand for that's the one thing they want to talk about. Uh, fortunately, the world has evolved, and online master's degrees are competency-based, and so you can take them at their own pace. It's not how long you spend in a classroom, it's how much you know. Well, I'm dating a master's in leadership, and I've got 15 years in leadership, so you can argue that my master's degree doesn't take six months. It takes 15 years and six months, but yeah. we'll have that box checked. Okay. No problem. All right. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking you're in the uh, foundation repair business. Uh, I guess this is not going to be a far stretch for you because basically education is the foundation, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. Pardon, no pun, in, pun intended. <laughs> we want to build the foundation for the future. And it's this problem mindset. Like, I, we do the residential side, but I deal with big, big companies in the industrial space, and I never get an easy problem to solve. And we have as a mentality within CNT foundations, this fixed mentality. And I go, this is perfectly suited to me and how I can think outside the box, bring ideas to the table and rally the team. Cause it will take a team and hold them accountable and just execute on what I know will work. What has been, but listen, we all saw how great our country was under the leadership of a businessman. Mm-hmm. I saw a t-shirt the other day. I loved it said, I sure would take a mean tweet and some cheap gas right about now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, and I want to show South Carolina how great South Carolina's education system can be under the leadership of a businessman. Absolutely. Well, Travis Betson, really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, good luck on Thank June you so 14th. Much, it was a pleasure. It is a yep. very important race, and this is um, really uh, the foundation of every community. The uh, superintendent of education for South Carolina, Travis Betson, BetsonForStudents.com. Good luck June 14th. Thank you, ma'am. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Eats, nights, weekends.